we just unite our hearts together in prayer and just commit our meeting tonight to the Lord, uh, praying that we'll know the Lord's presence and blessing in a mighty way. The Lord will bless our brother as he ministers God's word and brings the report, and that our own hearts and souls will be touched and blessed, and that we'll go home rejoicing afresh in what the Lord means to us and what the Lord has done for us, is doing for us, indeed will yet do for us as the people of God. Our Father and our God, we come before thee tonight in our Saviour's wonderful and precious name. And Father, we just rejoice afresh tonight, O God, in thy mercy, and in thy grace, and in thy goodness, and in thy so great salvation. And Father, we thank thee tonight for the words of this great hymn which we've been singing. We thank thee for each one in our gathering tonight who can sing of that happy day, that happy day when Jesus washed our sins away. O God, we thank thee for that time in our our own experience when thou didst reveal thyself unto us and reveal to us our need of Christ. And we thank thee, O God, for that time when thou didst open the, the spiritual understanding of our heart to see our lost sinful condition before thee, the holy God of heaven. We thank thee, O God, for the great hope of the gospel. We thank thee for Christ, the balm of Gilead. And, O God, we thank thee for that uh, vision that thou didst give us of Christ, one dying for us and for our sins upon the cross. And, O God, we thank thee tonight for giving us grace, grace to repent and to call upon thee for salvation. And, O God, we thank thee that thou hast been no disappointment. Father, tonight, Lord, as thy people, we rejoice in the forgiveness of all of our sins. How the psalmist could say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And Father, we thank thee tonight, Lord, as thy people, not because of anything we have ever done or will ever do, but because of Christ, because of his finished work upon the cross, because of the precious blood that he shed and that cry that went up, it is finished. We thank thee, O God, that our sins have been cast into the sea of thy forgetfulness, O God, never to be remembered against us any more. We thank thee for the precious blood of Christ that cleanseth us from all sin. And we rejoice, O God, tonight in the power of the blood, that the blood of Jesus Christ has lost none of its ancient power. And Father, we thank thee, O God, that when we get to heaven, when we get to glory, we thank thee, O God, that our song will be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. O God, as we come before thee this night, we return thee thanks for thy many mercies to us, even since we've last met together here in this fashion. We thank thee for health and strength, for freedom and liberties. We thank thee for every good and perfect gift. We thank thee, O God, tonight that we're here together with the saints of God uh, to gather around the Word of God. And Father, we thank thee for that great promise of Christ. When he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. And Lord, we realize that it is thy presence that, that makes the feast. And oh God, we pray for a real sense tonight, Lord, of the presence of the Lord with us and amongst us, we ask. And Lord, may we go home rejoicing, Lord, that we've met with thee, rejoicing that we've heard the voice of God, and knowing of a truth, Lord, that it was good for us to be here, for here we met afresh with thee, our God and our Savior. Lord, thou hast said in thy word that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And Father, we pray for 
that renewing of strength with might by thy Spirit, O God, in the inner man, and that, Lord, as thy people in these days in which we live, that thou would help us, Lord, each one to be strong in the Lord and in the power, O God, of thy might. Bless every head bowed before thee, O God. Bless every family and household represented. Lord, each one of us have different needs and cares, and we thank thee that they're all known to thee, O God. Bless our homes and bless our families. And Lord, we would pray most importantly of all that all our families would be saved and safely gathered into the family and into the fold of God. Grant to thy children here tonight, O God, each one, that great blessing, O God, of household salvation, O God, we do pray. Again, Heavenly Father, we're mindful of those that cannot be with us tonight because of age and sickness and infirmity, others who may be shielding, and those who are listening online also. Meet the need, Lord, of their hearts and of their souls. We thank the Lord that thou art not confined to bricks and mortar. And, O oh God, we pray, O oh God, that thou would bless every family and every household connected, Lord, with this congregation, and that leave in, Lord, and this autumn season in which we have entered into, that we might know seasons of refreshing and of great blessing from the right hand of God, and that we might know a time of reviving in these days in which we live. We thank thee for the children's meeting tonight. Now to Tresna, bless the word that went forth. Remember the other meetings planned this week as well for Maguire's Bridge and Lisbalaw, and here also gather the children in. Remember the youth fellowship on Friday night. Bless our brother Colin as he brings thy word. And again, Lord, for the services here on the Lord's Day, we, we're looking, Lord, to thee for the Sunday school, the Bible class, the morning and evening meeting. We realize we cannot create an anxious thought. We realize, oh God, we can do absolutely nothing. Yet, Lord, we're looking to thee, the God of our salvation, to command the blessing, and to favor us, Lord, with thy grace and thy blessing in a mighty way. And that, Lord, thou wilt visit this house in these days, O God, with salvation power and salvation blessing, we pray. Remember our land tonight, O God, and all of its need. Have mercy, Lord, upon it, we pray. We ask, O God, for the outpouring of the Spirit of God again in mercy upon our land as in former times. Bless all of our sister congregations tonight, O God. Bless other prayer meetings such as this, O God. And Lord, wherever thy people meet faithfully around the Word of God tonight, be it a gospel meeting or a ministry meeting or a prayer meeting such as this, Lord, pour out thy Spirit, Lord, and, and visit thy cause, visit thy vine, in this part of your vineyard, O God, we pray, leave us not to ourselves, O God, we ask. Stay the, the ways of ungodly men and grant, Lord, that there would be a time of blessing, even, Lord, that we have never known in our day and generation, even, Lord, as in former days, O God, we pray. Remember again, Lord, those that are in here and the Lord stay past, not saved. Speak on to them, Lord. Be gracious to them, we pray. And Lord, we pray, do not leave them to themselves, or leave, do not leave them, O God, to their sins. But O God, convict them and draw them uh, to thyself and save them uh, by the mighty power of God divine. Remember our brother tonight who has come to minister thy word. We thank thee for him and for the work that thou hast called him to, to work amongst the young people in our denomination and, and further afield. 
We thank you for helping him and sustaining him. And Lord, we pray that thou would bless him tonight as he brings the word of God and the report and lays before us the burden of that work. Help us, Lord, each one to take our brother upon our hearts day by day in prayer and to pray for him. Bless his wife and his family as well and meet their needs and encourage them greatly in the Lord. Do us good now, we ask of thee. Close us, Lord, in with thyself, we pray. Take away every distracting thought that is not of thee and glorify our Savior in all that will be said and done this night. For we ask it all for Jesus' sake and glory, giving thee thanks. Amen and amen. Well, we welcome you all tonight in the Lord's great name. It's good to see so many gathered out this evening. And our prayers, the Lord will just bless you tonight afresh around the word of the Lord and around the things of God. Remember the meetings over the weekend. Pray for them. Uh, the children's meeting here at 6.30 on Friday night, followed by the youth fellowship at 8. Our brother Colin will be speaking to the young people on Friday night. And then the Lord's Day services, Sunday school and Bible class at 11 a.m. morning worship, 12 noon. We belong to bring God's word. And then the evening gospel service at 7. Our brother, Mr. Bertie Johnson from the Lifeboat Mission will be with us to give a word of testimony. Be much in prayer for him as he comes. Make it known and do all you can to invite and encourage others in under the sound of God's word. As we mentioned on the Lord's Day, there is plenty of space to social distance here and upstairs. So do all you can uh, to invite friends and family and loved ones and neighbors in. There's some wee invites left uh, for that. Uh, so do take them out and give them out to your friends and family. Then just after the meeting tonight, there's a very short, very brief committee meeting. If the members of committee could just remember that, uh, please. Now we give a very special welcome tonight to our good brother in Christ, uh, Mr. Jonathan Smith. Uh, brother's a member of our Portadown congregation, and we welcome him in the Lord's great name. He is a youth evangelist working under our own mission board now for a good number of years, uh, working with different young people's groups in our churches and also around schools and other doors that the Lord has opened up for him. And we pray the Lord will bless him tonight as he brings God's word and show the slides. There are some prayer cards for our brother. They're out there on the table on the porch. I encourage you to take those as you leave. It'll encourage you just to pray for our brother, remember him daily. And then the offering tonight after the meeting goes in its entirety to help and to support our brother in this work. So without any further ado, we'll hand over now to our brother Jonathan, and may the Lord richly bless him tonight. Thank you. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to be here and um, to speak to you on the work that, that we're involved in. Uh, obviously, as you know, things have been very, very different for everybody this year. Um, things have been very different for us, ourselves, in the work of going into schools. Uh, obviously, they were all closed uh, after Easter. Um, they are now up and going again, but obviously it's still very, very difficult uh, until we hear what's happening in the months to come. But we do want to talk a little bit, of course, about what we have been doing and what we plan to do. It's good in one sense, whenever uh, things uh, quieten down, you're able to think and, and refresh your mind and evaluate what, what way the work has been going. And that's been a good thing for myself. I can only speak personally. And it's helped me uh, rethink some things that were involved in and refocused me and evaluated the past few years and reaching young people what's worked on the, on the outside, uh, the young people that we're trying to reach who are outside the church. There's a few things there we've been able to think about um, in order to help us in the future. So sometimes something like this has helped us, uh, can help us 
uh, for their future. I just want to read from Acts 17 before I just talk a little bit about how we've got on, not, not just the past few months, but just over the past couple of years from here last, um, about the schools and what we've got into up until April there. But Acts 17, first of all, we'll read from uh, verse 15. We'll read from verse 15 of Acts chapter 17. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, What will this babbler say? Others, some he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring." For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now God commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men." in that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. And trust God will bless his word this evening. We'll come back to that in a few moments and think about how Paul was reaching this particular culture in his day. Uh, as we said or has been noted, we are working under the mission board and have been now almost for, for nearly six years. So we're pretty much just like a, a baby 
in many ways, but we're, we're getting used to it and we're doing uh, three days a week and have been over the past uh, year and a half or so. Before that, it was, I think it was two days and we're gradually building it up. Um, we do work a day under the, the, the work in Portadown, uh, helping with, with the, the outreach amongst young people in that area. And so we work with that local church and my own church doing that a day a week, going into um, local schools if we can, and also helping uh, to reach those unchurched young people that usually on a regular basis in normal circumstances come in uh, on a Saturday evening each week. Um, so it's quite a different thing, but uh, we still have the opportunity to bring the gospel uh, to those young people uh, in a local effort. But in regards to the mission board, that's what we're doing, uh, currently working three days under them in order to reach young people outside the church. That was really our main um, desire and our goal uh, whenever we were going through college and after that, and it's still very much a burden on our hearts today uh, to reach young people who are not brought not brought up in Christian homes, who don't have a Christian upbringing, who have not been taught the word of God. That's something we see clearly, which we'll mention uh, later on. Um, and so that's a burden we have to reach these people. And of course, then to help, if we can, in some way in the church with, with some youth, some, some things to do with the youth in regards to the youth council. But we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. This is a little... A little summary of, of what we do, and you'll, you'll see a little bookmark on your way out, um, if you can take one with you, is really is, it is the summary of what's on the, the wall behind me, uh, which will help you to pray for the specific things that we, that we are involved in, from either on a weekly basis or, or monthly basis. Um, and I just want to draw your attention firstly to the classes that we try to get into in regards to schoolwork. Uh, one of the things that have, has opened up over the past few years and was going really well, uh, even up until Easter, was getting into RE classes, getting into religious education classes. And we've been able um, to teach in, in a variety of, of, of RE classes in different schools, um, sometimes tying in with their curriculum uh, and obviously having a gospel emphasis on it uh, and being able to interact with the young people, get questions back from them after we've spoken to them and be able to answer questions that they have about the Word of God. So the RE classes are a great way to get into school if the teachers allow it um, and, and are, are happy for us to do that. There are quite a few schools that, that have been and were interested up until uh, Easter time. Uh, another format we, we've been able to get into and the Lord has opened up is Scripture Union groups. Um, scripture Unions vary. Um, across the board depending on uh, who's leading it but I've come across a great number of good Christian um, teachers who are running those particular some of those SUs those scripture unions where young people meet together on a lunchtime or else after school around the word of God they have somebody there to teach it for 10 or 15 minutes and they, they might have a little activity or two after it or before it but there's young people that meet in a lot of schools uh, in their own uh, time at lunchtime or else after school and I, I want to say that just to encourage you that because sometimes we look out and we think that, that it's all doom and gloom that we know that the majority are not following the ways of the Lord but there are a remnant of young people from different backgrounds um, who, who have had different upbringings but Christian upbringings um, who, who are willing to step out and be known as someone who goes to that scripture union group that's not an easy thing uh, whenever you're that age 
uh, and particularly a young Christian, where you have maybe a lot of people around you, or you do have a lot of people around you who aren't Christians, and they see you going to those groups, um, you know, that, that, that's a good witness and a good testimony and good boldness and courage uh, for young people to be able to do that. So pray for, 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 for that, uh, the, the, the remnant that's out there, that God will continue um, to bless them. We've had, as I should have said, opportunities to go in there into different scripture unions. Um, I should have said the numbers vary. It could be 8, 12 in, in one group in one school. It could be 15 or 20. It could be 40 in another. Um, I know over junior and senior scripture unions that are in some of the bigger schools, there's maybe 80 altogether. Um, so just, just for your encouragement, just to add to what I said. This is really a list. Instead of going through all the schools one by one, I just want to throw them up on the wall, as I have done. Um, and just, you can read down them for yourselves. But uh, they really uh, go around the area of County Armagh, some in County Down, um, some in, where's Cookstown? <laughs> County Tyrone. It's in, it's in the next county. Um, we've been in Cookstown, Mackerfeld, some of those um, schools. So they're all secondary schools. And we, I was just looking down a list. It might have been a year and a half ago. There's, there's roughly, I may be wrong, but there's roughly around 80 high schools that are throughout Northern Ireland. Um, and I was counting up the schools that we had got into in regards to secondary schools, and I counted up around 20, 25. Um, and, you know, I, I was quite amazed. I was actually surprised because when you're going through the first three or four years, you wonder to yourself, is this, is this going well? Is this going to go well? <laughs> are we getting anywhere? It seems like a struggle. It's difficult, and I mean that. I, I'm, I'm being honest. There, there were times I found it very difficult and wondered, what, what's the future of this? And I sat down and counted up the amount of schools there were in Northern Ireland um, and the amount of schools we had got into, and I was really encouraged that really over 20% um, of those schools we've got into. Um, some of them on a regular basis, some of them is, are just one-offs, maybe once or twice a year, others, as I said, on a regular basis. But, but just pray for those openings. One of the first ones, and it's always one of the ones I've got to enjoy going into, was, was Dungannon Integrated. Um, that was one of the schools that opened up uh, right at the start, a, a, a great mixture of, of eth- ethnic of young people from ethnic backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, um, young people from all different backgrounds, uh, teaching the word of God to young people who ha- have not heard of people like Jonah, who, who have not heard of people like Noah, who have not heard of other characters in the word of God who lived in, in history, um, which was a little bit of a shock to me, which I'll mention in a moment as well. But, you know, you're reaching people there, young people, um, who have not had Christian upbringings in, in, in that particular school, for example. Um, so, so pray for these openings that have opened over the past few years. A couple of later ones, um, or latest ones, going back a year or so ago, I suppose, is the likes of Banbridge um, and Cookstown. That was one of the, the later ones. Um, and we started getting in there quite regularly, particularly the Banbridge and also Refryland. Um, so those are some later ones. And just, just ask you to pray. For those openings, we have, um, with the mission board's approval, got some material back at Christmas there, and we had intended to start using it, and we did get using some of it. And it's Christian um, uh, teaching, and it really is educating young people uh, in regards to relationships and giving biblical principles in the Word of God, taking them back to Genesis, taking them back to to uh, relationships in regards to marriage, especially. 
and how it is to be between one man and one woman and laying really down the foundations um, of, of marriage and relationships. There's issues there in regards to making decisions, helping young people uh, to make godly decisions and, and right and proper decisions. Uh, and there's other things there in those booklets as well, which we do intend to, to use. Um, we do find, as we were saying, there's a lack of biblical knowledge. Um, we want to, to teach the gospel, and we have been, uh, and we've been showing the sufferings and the death and the resurrection of Christ. And as well as that, we do see the importance of laying down principles in the word of God, because in their lives, as I said, they haven't had a Christian upbringing, and therefore many of them, uh, they, they just make things up as they go along in their lives. Uh, and we want to show them how the word of God is a, a book of great uh, foundation to a life if they believe it and trust it and, and live by it. There's some new material. As I said earlier, we're, we've been trying to reflect um, on the past few years, over the past few weeks, reflecting over the past few years for help in the future. And we've been able to get some, a hold of some more material um, some of its answers in Genesis um, that we're hoping to use, maybe even in key stage two for P6 and sevens, um, if the opportunity arises in the months to come, uh, and also for those first few years of high school. Um, there's some different bits of material there going through um, the, the Bible in a chronological order uh, and by way of summary, which I'll show you in a moment, but also uh, there's one piece of material that we have is really a timeline of biblical history and it is for, for children, it's for young people uh, of that, that early high school age. Uh, and really our goal with that is, is to, to show them from Adam to Christ how, how the Bible is world history. Uh, and take them through uh, some parts of history and show them some truths that are found in God's word uh, that, that happened not so long ago. Very often in the minds of, of young people today, they just think automatically of millions of years they just think of a big bang and billions and millions of years and they don't realize that this book records a great world history for us, packed with so much truth. So pray for, pray for material like that that we could eventually use that uh, in the months to come. We have been going through um, the seven seas at the start of the year in some classes and this was one of the, the themes that really broke the ice with, with some young people. Um, it dug up a lot of things <laughs> that obviously... Uh, and, and in our culture today, uh, people oppose. Um, and it really takes uh, young people through creation, uh, where God made the world in six 24-hour literal, day, literal days, and rest of the seventh day, it takes them through the time of corruption, uh, where man sinned, it takes them, I suppose I may as well show you through it, if it's there, I think it is, it does come up. Um, it takes them through the time of the catastrophe, the worldwide flood, how God flooded the world and how that speaks of judgment and showing that God is a God uh, who is just and will carry out judgment on sin. Um, it takes them through the time of confusion uh, where the peoples of the world dispersed out. Uh, and really that is something that uh, gets the, the minds of the young people to think where we have come from. Because after all, Paul said uh, in his preaching in that chapter which we read together that God has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. And our goal there is to take them really right back to a historical Adam and show them that we haven't descended from monkeys, but we've descended from a real his historical man called Adam, which God created in his image. Things that are second nature to us as Christians that we just take for granted, they don't understand that. They don't get that. 
Uh, and, and whenever you speak about these things to them, it's, it's like, isn't it like a bomb going off? They either, it either makes them wake up and think, hang on, maybe this is true, or else they just want to oppose it because they don't uh, believe it. Then we, it moves on to Christ, speaks of the life of Christ, uh, covers the cross. Um, yeah, the cross. Um, and we obviously go into the sufferings, the death, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Show them that payment for sin was made at the cross and then deals with the consummation which is to come in the future. And it's really mapping out the Bible and showing for them uh, that the word of God is true history which can be trusted. And there's lots and lots of truth. I just give you the summary of what it's about, but there's lots of truth that can come out of all of those seven things. And as I said, it really got a few reactions, some good, some bad at the start of the year in the classes, but it got, definitely got a lot of questions um, all feeding back to the gospel. And I just ask you to pray that whatever seed was sown um, at the start of the year through some of that material that we used and then over the past few years that God would bless it and God would cause it to grow mightily in the hearts of these young people. In regards to the Youth Council then, um, uh, I would ask you to pray uh, as we continue to, to work alongside them. Everything was cancelled this year and has been cancelled for what's left I know there are some things that are meant to happen, but that, that's been cancelled too um, until things settle down. Um, but we, we have been involved in outreaches with them over the past five to six, maybe six, seven years actually, um, doing local outreaches and encouraging young people from our churches to get involved. We've been working alongside the Youth Council Committee and the, the young people that's involved in the Youth Council to do that. And numbers of young people, maybe just a few, turning up, to, to do outreach, the likes of the air shows and, and different things, different events, different family events, uh, giving out tracts and, and bags for children. Those are things that we've, we've tried to help and assist the Youth Council with. That's something they've always done. They've done different things like that over the, the decades and over the years. Um, and that was one of the things they wanted me to help with from the start. So up until last year, we were involved in that. Um, there are other, other things that we've took up on ourselves under the mission uh, to help in, in the church itself with, with youth work. And one of the things um, that we started doing a few years ago was joint youth weekends. We've done a couple in the past. We did one just last September uh, with an area. Um, I think it was Coleraine, Resharkin, um and Randallstown. And the idea of, of these weekends is really to gather the youth leaders up together, um, sit down with them, talk to them, and bring them together to encourage them to do a youth weekend together. Some, some youth fellowships maybe just have a few and they're not able to get away on the weekend and it can really help um, young people out who are in a smaller church, smaller youth fellowship to meet up with other youth fellowships who are a little bit larger um, and have the opportunity to have a weekend. Um, we, we do believe it's a good opportunity as well for young people to get to meet other young people in different churches in their area. Um, I think the first one we did was actually Tyrone some of those churches there. Another one was in the middle. I think it was around Dungannon area. And then the other one was last September. We had planned, this was an old leaflet. Um, we had planned to do two this September, the start of the month. And the middle, we cancelled it. And it's all been pushed back to, to next year with two different areas. One's for South Down and one is for um, Belfast. Well, some churches in Belfast and then North Down. So please, please pray for things like this that we're trying to continue to work at. Um, I've given you the reasons why we want to do it for the encouragement of leaders and also 
for the encouragement of young people and for them to get to know each other and of course to bring the word of God on the weekend. So, so pray for this work that we want to keep working out behind um, the scenes. There's other things, I have no more slides, but there's other things that, that we want to try and work on um, with, with the Youth Council or with ourselves on the mission board and um, it's to really, perhaps in the summertime, um, we've helped them, you know, for example, we've, we've gone to the mainland. Um, somebody goes with a group of young people to go to a local church over there and do some outreach in the town. They maybe do Bible clubs or they work on the streets. Uh, they, they, they Maybe one or two of the young people preach in the church on the Sunday. They take part in the meetings when they're there. And so we've been away on things like that in the summer times, helping um, lead teams. But we would like to see young people getting involved in evangelism on the streets, even here at home. And you know, I, I we haven't put any pen to paper just yet, but it's just been in my thoughts and been on my heart the past few weeks. Has been in the past several months ago, um, and I would love to, you know, get out onto the streets, maybe for like in the likes of Belfast or some other town, uh, maybe for a week, uh, and encourage young people to to come along, whether when it suits them, Monday to Friday whatever time suits them, to stay for a while, just to really be there for them, to be able to encourage them to evangelize on their own doorstep. And that might be something we might try maybe next year, um, as opposed to going away to somewhere different. Why not encourage our young people at home and, and, and hopefully they'll be inspired to, to go on and do more, even for the Lord from there. So that's one thing we would like to aim for. Um, we'd also ask you to pray uh, just really in regards to the schools, that God will open the doors up into the new year. That's kind of the, I think, the goal for a few people. That's what a few people have been told. Hopefully, the new year, and we're always hoping. But uh, just, just pray that that would open. I know there's work done here in the schools here locally as well, and in the skill, um, and we're really just, just buying time in regards to that work. Um, I should have said in regards to the street work, we, we have actually started doing maybe not once every week but once every couple of weeks just doing some street work picking a town and going in with a table setting up a little bit of literature and and just being able being there to to talk to people who had come our way and that that's been a great um opportunity to to be able to meet people those people see christian stand they see a sign they come over a lot of them christians but uh, quite a few as well who are not christians and we were in portadown for example just on friday and there was around four people came up. Three of them were elderly people. One of them was a was was a seventeen year old. Um, in the space of about half an hour, and they all believed they were getting to heaven by their good works. In the middle of Portadown, churchy people. One was a Catholic. Um, one young one young girl hadn't been to church, but she heard of God's word through the schools in that area, and she was happy to talk. But you know, once you start talking to them and and trying to to challenge their beliefs and show them that. By the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified. We have to be saved through Christ alone. They start backing away. But look, there's, there's a great opportunity there. Um, and we would like to keep doing that while the schools are closed. Um, by and large, we want to keep trying to do that once every week or once every couple of weeks. So pr- pray for us as we do that um, and labour in that work in the time being. And never know where that will lead to um, whenever things get back. To normal. So, so pray for us as a family. There's a little bookmarker there, as I said, and uh, you can pray for us in regards to this this um, this work. Acts 17. Please, if you turn back there again, if you have your Bibles open still, um, Acts 17. We'll just take a moment to pray. 
Um, we'll just take a few minutes to pray and uh, we'll just be a few moments and bring a short word before we hand back to Mr. Porter. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the precious word of God that we have come to know and love in our own hearts. We realize there are many outside the walls of our church here tonight that know not the gospel. It's foolishness unto them. We know to the Jews it was a stumbling block. And to the Greeks it was foolishness. And in the days we live in today in our culture, we know that it is foolishness to them also. Lord, when they hear it preached, by and large, the majority of people scoff and mock and laugh at the idea. Lord, we thank you we, we still live in the day where you continue to speak to souls and open up hearts. We thank you, Lord, that whether it's amongst children and young people or adults or whoever, Lord, you continue uh, to seek and save that which was lost. We think of souls who have been saved in various open hours uh, that have been done by some of our own churches. And we just thank you for souls saved in past weeks, numbers of them. And you've spoken through your servants, those who have preached the word on those occasions. We just thank you, Lord, that you're working in small ways. Lord, help us not to despise the day of small things. But Lord, help us to consider this evening the reality of the age we live in and help us, Lord, as we continue to live our Christian lives as a result of the word of God being preached on this evening. Just for a few moments, Lord, we pray that you would stir us up and help us, Lord, to continue witnessing and testifying of what thou hast done in our lives in preaching and proclaiming the truth of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. my face for a minute okay on the day uh, of pentecost in acts 2 um peter preached a powerful uh, message to unbelieving jews we know of that occasion uh, calling them to repentance and faith uh, in the messiah whom uh, they had actually crucified in acts 17 1 to 5 we see paul preaching to jews also in thessalonica and we read there that he reasoned with them out of the scriptures. And really he brought evidence from the Old Testament that Jesus Christ must suffer, must die, and must rise again. So, so there's the, the point so far. He was speaking to Jews also in Thessalonica, reasoning, reasoning from the Old Testament scriptures. As you follow this through, we see him then going into Berea. And when he goes into Berea, he preaches to Jews again. And we read those familiar words in verse 11, that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. He showed them out of the Old Testament the things of God concerning Christ, pointing to the Messiah who was crucified. And therefore they understood as he taught the Old Testament scriptures that these things, or they come to understand that these things, many of them, they had come to understand that Jesus Christ, who he preached to them, was the fulfillment of those Old Testament scriptures that he was reasoning out of and bringing evidence from. Also, when he goes into Athens, we read down through the chapter, he preaches to Jews again in the synagogue, and he reasons with them there, teaching and preaching to them of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so on each of these occasions, the gospel message was being brought to these different groups of Jews 
um, who understood the Old Testament to be the very word of God, the oracles of God. And they had the revelation. These were people who had the revelation of the creator God. They had an understanding of the origin of life, how Jehovah, uh, God himself created the world uh, in laying down its foundations. Uh, They had a record of a historical Adam. They understood they were descendants of one man who who sinned and consequently sin came into the world. They were people who recognized they were sinners. They recognized they were unrighteous. They realized there was a holy God and they understood who this holy God was and is, Jehovah. Uh, They had a record of a deliverer from after Adam sinned right through the Old Testament scriptures. They had a a record of, of a deliverer and prophecies showing that a deliverer would come. They had a record of a genealogy from Adam unto Abraham, from Abraham unto David, from David until uh, I think it was the carrying away into Babylon, and from the carrying away into Babylon uh, just up until Christ is presented in Matthew's gospel. You read those genealogies there. They had a record of all of these things. This was the people that he was preaching to. These people had an accurate record of historical events, and, and through God's revelation they understood who he is, and his plan for redemption through a sinless Savior and Redeemer. But notice the difference in culture. The difference in culture, first of all, uh, whenever Paul goes into the rest, or or as he preaches in Athens, in regards to these people who come questioning him and attacking him about what he's saying. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. These were a people wholly given to idolatry. They were idol worshippers. He he mentions in his message when he gets to Mars Hill uh, before that that council uh, in verse 23, for for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, uh, those objects of worship, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore Ye ignorantly worship, he went on to say, him declare I unto you who this unknown God was. But he says, therefore ye ignorantly worship, you're idol worshippers. We'll mention this in regards to the the preaching, this particular preaching that he has when he preaches to them in a moment. Uh, But he talks about how they're worshipping unknown gods, they're idol worshippers. And they ignorantly worship them with no knowledge of who particularly this unknown God was. He attacks their superstition which we'll notice in a moment. But look at verse 17, um, or verse 18. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him because he had been preaching in the synagogue. He was preaching to the devout persons in Acts uh, 17, verse 17, and he was reasoning with them, preaching to them in in the market daily. And in verse 18, Philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, what will this babbler say? They come asking this question, uh, what will this babbler say? And the Epicureans were really materialists. The Stoics uh, were people who who gathered their truth from all kinds of sources, and they're really a a type of what there is today. History doesn't change, you know. Uh, history keeps repeating itself. And we live in days uh, where there's materialists and humanists and there's people who are uh, in, into meditation where they're gathering their truth from wherever their mind takes them to. There's all these groups of people that were here living at this time in Paul's day also. There was a difference in culture 
And you know, one of the things, I'll leave it there for now, but one of the things I've noticed over the past five or six years when teaching the gospel uh, to the majority of young people of classes that I go into is that, number one, they don't have a right foundation in regards to their origins. origins. And whenever we come to bring the gospel to them, and show them the sufferings, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Paul had said to the Greeks, it's foolishness. They've been taken up the wrong road for years. They've been taught of millions of years. They've been taught of a big bang. They've been taught of dinosaurs that went extinct long, long before Adam was created. If they believe in Adam at all, they believe in many, many things that go contrary to the word of God that take them away from the foundations of the gospel. And they do not understand the gospel that is rooted and founded in Genesis, where God said to man after he had sinned that he would send the deliverer. He would send one who would bruise the head of Satan, uh, who's, who, who would come to defeat the devil. They do not understand the gospel that is rooted and founded in Genesis. Instead, they believe the lie of millions of years. And when it comes to creation, when it comes to the fall of man, when it comes to the gospel that's presented through the scriptures, I'm telling you, I'm being serious here, and I'm being very sincere. I have found it difficult to preach to this generation. Whenever we go into classes and go into schools, I feel like they're asking me in their minds, like, like these Stoics and these Epicureans, what will this babbler say? They may as well say it out loud. It's difficult, and there's times I've struggled. I'm here to bring a report. I'm here to share with you concerns I've had in my heart. That's what we're told to do. That's what it is to to. to being a deputation and share the work, uh, that, that's what I'm sharing with you. I found it difficult. Um, and I would ask you, uh, again, to emphasis, uh, place the emphasis on you a little. You pray for us as doors open up again in the future that the Lord would give us help to teach this generation the truths that are recorded in the Word of God. I was in a class, it was maybe going back three years ago now, and I think I mentioned Jonah a while ago. I just mentioned Jonah in passing. Whenever I was talking about what I was talking about and preaching from the Bible. And I assumed and thought that they would just say, yeah, yeah, there's about 17 in the class. I thought, yeah, yeah, we know of Jonah because I was going to use an example from the life of Jonah. And there wasn't one person who put up their hand. And the teacher, I don't think she's a Christian, but she even was shocked that they never had heard of a man called Jonah. You talk about David, King David. They may have heard of David and Goliath, yes. But you talk about David as king and ruler and what he did. They have very little knowledge. Uh, of, of people like this in the word of God. That's, that's the generation, by and large, that we're seeking to reach. The distinction in Paul's preaching, look, look how Paul preached to them. We'd notice how he preached to them, opening up the Old Testament scriptures um, to the Jews, reasoning with them and showing to them the Christ uh, that was promised, uh, the prophecies, and showing to them that Christ is the fulfillment of these things. And by the way, this is something we do try to do Especially when we're in an RE class, we open the Bible, they've got Bibles in front of them. We take them to Old Testament prophecies and show them, don't show them them all because there's so many, but point out several and show them how they're fulfilled then in the New Testament to show them that this word of God that was written many, many years before, hundreds of years before, was uh, unfolded and was fulfilled hundreds of years after. Even though it was written by several different men. God was working through all of those years to show them something, that this is a book that is inspired. So, yes, Paul preached from the Old Testament Scriptures to the Jews. Notice how he preached to the Greeks in uh, verse 21, verse 22. He stood in Mars Hill, 
Very briefly, just pointing this out before we move on. Ye men of Athens, I perceive that all things ye are too superstitious. You're too superstitious. He attacks their foundation. He attacks their belief system. And he goes right for it. You worship this unknown God, uh, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. And there he uses uh, this, this idol that they have put up before God after attacking their, their foundation and their belief system. He starts to reveal this unknown God to them. Him declare I unto you. How does he start? How does he preach to them? He starts to define the truth that's found and contained in God's word. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. He defines God. We speak about God in this generation. By and large, they think in their minds, which God? You spoke to the Jews as Peter and Paul did. They spoke of God. They knew straight away they could think of the names of God that are found throughout the Old Testament scriptures. Paul spoke of sin. In verse 25, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything. He's speaking about their sin and how they're making with their hands God. Look at verse 29. He reminds them again, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. He keeps reminding them, this isn't a God that I'm presenting to you made the way you usually make your gods. We talk about sin today and people think by and large, they think in their minds, what's sin? I'm okay. Talk to the Jews, remind them of sin. Oh yes, the law of God, the commandments, the Ten Commandments. They could think of the other commands that are found throughout the Old Testament scriptures. They were well versed. They had a foundation. We speak of God today. We speak of sin. We speak of various things that are important to lay the foundations for the presentation of the gospel. We have to define those things to this generation that we're reaching. That's what I've found. That's what I've been able to reflect on the past few months from time to time. Realizing, you know, as we live in this generation, in this country today, in this culture, we have to define these terms. There's people that open up Acts 2 and they open up Acts 17 and they compare them, I've noticed, and they say, you see, well, you know, Paul used different means and he used different methods. This is why we should use different means and different methods. Paul didn't do that. He still preached to them. He still proclaimed the word of God to them. In fact, he went into more depth. He defined God and defined sin and pointed out the error of their ways. He rebuked them. And if you read on further, uh, just in passing, but before we close, we see that in verse 31, or verse 30, he spoke of how they needed to repent. But now commandeth all men, God commands all men everywhere to repent. He spoke of repentance. He spoke of righteousness, a day of judgment in verse 31. He spoke of how righteousness, uh, or how he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Speaking of Christ, he reveals to them the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul does preach to them the gospel, but he defines, he defines the truth in God's word. You know, maybe just something practically as we seek to live our lives. We may not be involved in, in teaching children, teaching young people, preaching, all those things, but you're engaging with people in our society and I find it sometimes, I've maybe explained something in, uh, in the Bible or told them something, maybe off the cuff, uh, that, that is a teaching that's in the Bible. And I thought to myself after, you know, they didn't get that. And they didn't get that because I didn't explain that and take them to God's word and define what I was meaning. People today, by and large, they do not understand and know the definitions of various truths in the word of God. I encourage you, take time to read through the word of God 
uh, in regards to specific things. And think of how you can relate the gospel to various things for people that you reach or walk alongside with on a daily basis. I'm running out of time just to say, lastly, look at the response. The responses, you look at them in your own time in Acts 2. There were thousands saved. Uh, Thessalonica, I think it says there were some of them, yes, verse 4, there were some of them believed. Uh, There were many of them in Berea in verse 12 that believed. And there were those in Athens that believed also. Look at the end of chapter 17. Look at the difference or the diversity in response. Look at verse uh, 32. When they heard of the resurrection, because he spoke of Christ, that man who he hath ordained, who had been raised from the dead. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. You know, some people just mock us. Collins probably find this. Jillian's probably find this. Others have found this. I've, I find that in schools. You, you, get, you get kids laughing in the back rows. You know, I, don't, I don't care anymore. I just, I just tear away. The teacher tries to shut them up and keep them quiet. You know, calm them down. I, I, don't, I don't care anymore. It doesn't bother me. But people do mock, even in the schools. There's young people, there's ones and twos. There's those that mocked Paul when they heard of the resurrection. Others said, here's another group of people, we will hear thee again of this matter. Thankfully, there's been people that I've met and been able to talk to at the end of class when there's a few minutes left where they've asked me questions. And they want to talk more about the things of God. And we find that as we go through this work, we will hear thee again of this matter. They're open to at least talk about it, and that's good. We should pray for that, that God would open up hearts uh, just, just like Lydia's heart. Remember how the Lord had opened up her heart. But verse 34, how be it certain men clave unto him and believed. You can ask Mr. Porter how to pronounce these last few names in verse 34 after. I didn't read that bit. But there were some who believed. There weren't many. Like in, in Jerusalem, in Acts 2, uh, there weren't many like in Thessalonica and in Berea. But there were, there were still a few. Uh, where he was preaching on Mars Hill, I read something how uh, this was obviously a high court where he was taken to and he had to explain himself what he was doing, what he was proclaiming. It said there had to be perhaps around over 60 people there. So I don't know how many were there, but that's, that's what I read in one of the commentaries. There were around 60, if not lots more, gathered around. There out of those 60 or out of whatever number were there, there was a few who came to put their trust in the Lord. And we can pray to that end that as we prayed earlier about the day of small things, they are, it is a day of small things. We can still pray that souls will be saved. There's still a soul that's saved from sin, made right with God, made ready for heaven, no longer going to hell, saved from destruction. That's valuable, that's priceless. And that's something that is worth everything when we seek to reach um, by people with the gospel. So pray for souls to be saved. Even though we live in this type of culture that's apathetic, has a lack of concern, pray for the ones and twos that they would come to know the Lord. Thank you. Well, we do thank your brother tonight for coming and sharing with us the burden of the work that encourages our hearts and thrills our souls to hear of the doors that has been opened to our brother. And as you can see, uh, from what he has shown and uh, spoken of tonight, that he has certainly been very busy over these last number of years. And we thank the Lord for the doors that have been opened. And we pray 
that in the near future again, those other doors will open again for a brother to go into schools and different places. But do take him upon your heart. Pray for him daily. And remember the wee cards as well. Take them as you leave and pray that God's hand of blessing will be upon him. And pray very especially uh, for the, the youth of our land, the teenagers, the young people. So many things we take for granted when I think we get cocooned in church circles and how we really need to pray uh, for the young people that are outside of our church and uh, out in the wider community especially, that the Lord will touch them and bless them uh, and save them. So we'll just have a time of prayer through to about maybe quarter past nine or so. I encourage you to pray especially for our brother and whatever else the Lord lays upon your heart, trust as many as possible. We'll just use the time that is available. Maybe ask uh, two of our office bearers to lead us in prayer.